Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now she she's she's looking like she's getting there. Yeah, I, I would so. say she's got another week. She's got to drop a little lower. Don't there. don't say <laughs> don't say that to her. Don't say you look like you're getting there. <laughs> I'm not gonna say. I'm saying that to you. <laughs> things things you don't say to a pregnant woman. <laughs> File that under that. <laughs> things you don't say to a pregnant woman. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. Let's start the show. To Super Movie Brothers. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. And this is episode 241. Me and Jay got a lot of shit that we got down to watching this week. What a fucking week it was to watch shit. Because I got some stuff that I'm really excited to talk about. And then we got some brief news to go through. And we're going to cap it all off with uh, me and Jay's review of One Night in Miami. And no, it is not a it's not a porn even though I thought it was when I started watching it but it turned out it wasn't. It was it was something far different, but I enjoyed it probably more than a porno. So more than we expected. More, 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 more than I expected. Perhaps. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but we'll get into that. We'll get into the to the discussion uh, later on in the show. That's going to be our main review. Uh, but real quick, a little bit of like housekeeping. Uh, like I was telling Jay, kind of like pre-roll. We're there. We're mm. in like the zero hour of pregnancy. So at any minute. I could wind up going to the hospital. That belly bump is dropping. Right, to, to, right, to, to watch my wife give birth. I'm not doing anything. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm, 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 a, I'm emotional support. And yes. I am a, a pincushion. If she wants to beat me up, she can beat me up. Yeah, I would. I would wear like some like you know Kevlar. Yeah, some, some armor. <laughs> yeah, is a body armor. Some Kevlar. I have to talk to uh, talk to some friends who are police officers. <laughs> and be like, what, what, what do you got? What can protect me? Like, uh, definitely a jock strap. Definitely a cup. You know? for sure. Yeah, because you don't want to like the, the grab. You know, you don't want that to happen. No, but, no. So, so at any way, uh, my my wife could give birth like at any minute. So, uh, if there is a gap. In in the show, if you're like, hey, no super movie bros this week, don't 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 reach out to me on Twitter. Don't don't reach out to Jay on Facebook. Don't send an email and, and ask like, hey man, what's everything all right? Is there, is there no episode? Because that happened the entire month that that me and Jay took off, and it's like, and I didn't announce that hiatus. I just kind of fucking did it. Uh, so here here's the fair warning: if there's no episode next week. It's because the or baby the week was after born. or whatever. Right. It's because the baby was born, yes. and we're figuring that shit out. Mm-hmm. Once that once that shit gets settling in, gets settled in, me and Jay will be back on the microphone doing the show uh, as as normal. So yeah. luckily, you know, you have some experience. You know, you have a child already. I've been there. Are, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done that thing. Yeah, exactly. So 
it's not like it's a first time situation where you have yeah, if it absolutely first time no full clue. First time full time. To do. <laughs> this is true. This is true. This yeah. is true. Yeah, I used to I used to hand I used to hand Logan back to to her mother and like at, at the end yeah. of a weekend just be like hey, like how was she she was really good and then it's just like no she was awful I'm handing you a fucking time bomb <laughs> but I'll never tell you she was awful here she's always been a fucking bitch yeah <laughs> always always the best but now I actually don't have to worry like because my at least I, I hope it's the same because my daughter was a really good baby. Like she, you never know what you're gonna get. Though. Right now, mm. don't I know it? My, my my daughter slept all the time. She 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 never cried without like reason. So like, and she was always like, when she cried, you knew exactly what she needed. She needs to be changed. You change her, stop crying. She cries, you pick her up, stops crying. She cries, you feed her, stops crying. You know what I mean? Like it was Perfect. always it was always easy. So I do worry that this time around, that this kid's gonna be like, how do you like your sleep? Because you ain't getting it no more. <laughs> it's like I, I I'm pretty well versed at not sleeping. My wife, on the other hand, loves loves her sleep nine to ten hours she likes to get right and it's like and and, and when she doesn't get that she's terrible (laughs) which means i'm fucked yeah (laughs) proper fucked i think you should just automatically assume that you will be for the i'm the guy i'm the late night guy baby baby cries i'm gonna get the bottle i got this don't worry you yeah but guess what she's gonna be still up she's gonna be still annoyed she's gonna be still I'm you know. aware. It's 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 an eighteen it's an eighteen year I long know. marathon, Jay. <laughs> That's an eighteen year long marathon. <laughs> you know about marathons. Oh this, yeah. This is a triathlon. It's it's oh, it's, it's, it's running, swimming, this is biking. Like Iron Man event here. This yeah. is this And then you start over again, oh, yeah. running, biking, swimming, running, biking, swimming. I feel just for you. constantly for eighteen years. <laughs> Alright, but let's get into what are you watching? What are you watching? What are we watching? He's trying to watch some illegal channel. Oh, wait, watching. No, 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 go past this. Past this part. In fact, never play this again. All right, so I watched quite a bit this week. And I'm going to start off with something that's... It's it's not new. So... Uh, this is something that You're I talking like me now, David. I know. I, new. Yeah, I said I did it on purpose to make fun of you. you Piece say of that shit. Now. <laughs> I'm rubbing off on you. So uh, I, I I caught up on Doom Patrol. This is on HBO Max. It was originally on the DC Universe app. Uh, this is the somewhat companion series, spinoff series to to Titans, which is a show that me and Lauren watch, but it's vastly different than Titans. So it basically follows a group of immortal semi-superheroes who all live in Doom Manor, uh, which is, and they're essentially run by, not not Dr. Doom, <laughs> but they're run by a man known only as the Chief. You do later find out that his name is Niles. Uh, and, it, and it follows Negative Man, who is a man who uh, mm. basically took on a cosmic entity inside of his body uh, that produces negative energy and radioactive energy. Elastigirl, who was an actress from the 1950s, uh, who breathed in some volcanic gas that somehow made her essentially elastic. Robot Man, who was a NASCAR driver who was in a horrific car accident and had his brain placed into a robot body. 
and Crazy Jane, uh, who is a girl who has 64 personalities. Each of those personalities come complete with a different superpower. Wow. And they all live in the same mansion. Jay, this show is fucking bananas, and I love it for it. Like, there is an Good for you. E- there's an episode where they go into the white space between spaces, and it's the white space between comic book pages, so they go into, like, this negative space, this white space. Wow, uh, they really thought about things. There is an evangelical talking cockroach uh who basically who basically spouts uh you know praise jesus and bible verses and stuff like that as he's as he's uh you know doing terrible acts uh there is a a rat who who gets vengeance on robot man because robot man killed his rat mother so (laughs) he exacts vengeance uh because ezekiel the 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 talking about evangelical cockroach tells him to and their main villain of season one is mr nobody played by alan Tudyk, uh, and it is absolutely fantastic. He also serves as narrator for the first season as well. Uh, this show is just off the fucking rails insane. Like, if you took Suicide Squad, mixed Suicide Squad with Guardians of the Galaxies, turn that amp all the way to 11 on the strange fucking meter, it doesn't even come close to the strange level that this show gets into. It is hot damn perfect for me. And uh, Brendan Fraser plays robot man holy shit and timothy dalton plays the chief wow brendan fraser uh is the voice of robot man he does play cliff uh when when he's you know when they show what cliff used to look like before he was in a robot body yeah it it is brendan fraser uh he's 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 on the chubby side but it works because he's this southern hick hillbilly type guy um and and then they they put his brain into the robot body and this show is 100 percent rated r like Mm. Robot Man says fuck every five fucking minutes. (laughs) What the fuck? That's my line, asshole. And 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 it's just absolutely fantastic. If you like weird and you are okay with your show having a plot that, while still linear, it doesn't overly explain itself. And it is batshit off the wall. If If that's something that speaks to you. This show is right up your alley. I don't know what took me and Lauren a whole year to jump into it. Maybe it's because we 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 were watching Titans, we were watching the boys, we were watching all the MCU stuff, and it was like maybe that was like superhero overload. So now like in this void of superhero stuff where we're just now getting into the MCU coming back with WandaVision, are we like, all right, let's let's give it a shot. Let's let's watch it. And I'm so fucking glad that I did. And this is the better version of Cyborg as well. Cyborg is in this show as well. Uh, certainly a, a better version of the character, in my opinion. I, I think it's more true to the comic book version of, of the character. So, What are you doing? Just practicing my booyahs. Boo, 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 yeah, 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 booyah. I love Doom Patrol. Season one came out in 2019. Season two uh, was a shortened season due to the pandemic. It's only nine episodes. Uh, each episode it is an hour. So the first season is, I believe, 15 episodes. Mm-hmm. Second season's nine episodes. And uh, it is all worth your time and it's on hbo max now so if you if you are you a recent subscriber to hbo max and you need something to check out doom patrol is fucking awesome very cool so what i also saw on hbo max was the two-part docuseries tiger um obviously i'm not sure you guys all know but i'm a huge massive golfer yes you are tight like a tiger (laughs) (laughs) and tiger woods came onto the golf scene just when I started playing golf myself. It was kind of like a perfect storm. The hell with- 
with school, dopey. Take the money. You and me could be partners. Just like that tiger was in his daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when Waterboy comes up? Oh, yeah. Like the tiger and his daddy. <laughs> and it was such an interesting watch because if you don't know, he had quite the history as far as he was literally born on this earth to become right a huge golf star well, his dad was a military guy it's very similar to golfer, the groomed him to be a golfer from the moment he from what i hear it's walk. very similar to like the vanessa and serena williams story where it's like i mean obviously there's probably more very much so there, there yeah. might be more abuse in the in the vanessa and serena williams stories i heard that that was like a pretty abusive relationship between them and their father if i'm speaking out of turn and that's wrong then i certainly apologize but i understand that it was like i'm sure there'll be a movie or a documentary they were day. born to play to, to play this sport and their yeah. father, you know, essentially fostered that in them from a very young age and took very a much lot so of their childhood Tiger. away from them yeah. to, to, to play this sport and play it as well as they do. Very and, much so. And this is exactly that kind of story. And I, um, and it's really interesting to see. Isn't he that. estranged from his father like now? Like, isn't it? No. Like, okay. They were, they, they were very, very close until he were, became were very they successful. Eiffel, were they Eiffel Towering Waffle House waitresses uh, together? Interesting <laughs> you say that because there is a mirroring effect after his father does pass away where he does, you know, start to behave like his father and, and what he used to hate his father doing, you know, as far as the gotcha. girls right. drinking or the partying or whatever it may be. Uh. You know, and this, you know, he's not, he's not, he's kind of a socially awkward kind of guy. He's Do they get into his wife athletic. chasing him out of the house yes, with a golf that's club? that's part two. And throwing part it two, through the windshield. Part two is bananas. Fucking love it. It is, I'm telling you, even is if you're there not an, a golf fan, this is worth a watch. But wait, is it narrated by an evangelical talking <laughs> cockroach? <laughs> that's the only thing that can make this yeah. better. <laughs> and they do a pretty good job because they had, so from one of his like falling outs, he pretty much cut ties on almost everybody in his inner circle. Caddy to close friends, lifelong childhood friends that were even present to his very guarded apology that one time when he did get caught cheating with, with his wife and stuff like that. I mean, it, it, he he had quite the roller coaster ride, and I forgot how much of a roller coaster ride it really was. And well, it, he still professionally something. he still hasn't really recovered from it. Maybe maybe in the he public eye, just had an, his fifth back surgery. Right, a couple of days ago. I'm saying, but I mean, like his um, his career is on the decline for for uh, from what a lot of people say is mental reasons, well, but also obviously the physical he, reason five back surgery. But he stuff. is he is back. I mean, I, I, now I don't know after this this another surgery. But Maybe not winning Masters, last, but he does win tournaments the last for time to time. Two years, he did win the Masters two years ago, and um, you know that was a, that's essentially a spoiler. Alert, that's kind of how it ends. It ends on that high note with him coming back to win the Masters, which is full circle huge I when mean, does he retire like that's it, that's got to be a question in the series right th this is where they touch on that they touch on his mentality and how his brain was developed and shaped and, and how he is so driven playing you know tournaments injured broken uh knee to back to like whatever he you know trying to get into the navy seals for real almost to quit golf i mean he has this kind of driven competitiveness that he can't turn off and I don't know what the hell he's going to do when he gets older because I don't know how he's going to channel. So let me his, ask you this: his demons. In comparison to other sports documentaries, like the like like the Last Dance, or or something along the lines of like I a, a really good thirty to thirty or something like that. Sure. Where does this rank? Because uh, I'm not hearing great things. I actually heard it's pretty boring. 
That's why I asked. Well, I mean, I wonder. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe because again, maybe you're you know, not the best source because you love golf. That's what I'm saying. Because I understand. I would be the first person to understand if you don't watch golf or play golf, you don't watch golf. It's going to be the worst thing you'll ever experience in your life. Okay, fair and, enough. And but I do. I kind of feel like you don't need to love golf to get into this. I okay. really, I really believe that. I mean, there's some terms perhaps that like maybe you understand. Maybe I you don't just got to love the TMZ but, uh, video of <laughs> of his I, wife I, chasing I, him. I, yeah, but I, I definitely <laughs> think that it definitely shows a mentality of a person and how uh, 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 the power of a parent. Right, but also. Really do a lot of good and a lot of harm on an individual and as a child. Also, you want to be a champion? Start working at the age of four. <laughs> you know, like well, give up everything about your life you and become that machine. champion. Absolutely, yeah. it's. I think. I think it's. Um. I think it's right there. I think it's up there okay. with the last dance kind of thing. And and also, and again, it's only a two parter. It's not a seven or eight episode thing like the last dance. But right, uh, a thirty for thirty. You know, some of them are genius, and some of them some are probably better fun. than this. But I like, saw a favorite sure. one. Sure, uh, I think it's uh, Sugar Ray going go, going back down to South America to find yeah. uh, Duran, Hands yeah. of Stone, um, and, and kind of like talk because he he Hands of Stone walked away from Duran walked away yeah. from their like last fight together. He 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 threw in the towel. And was like, I'm done. He wasn't even that beaten. He was like, I don't even want to do this anymore. And like that bothered Sugar Ray to his core that he wanted to go down there and find him. So he actually produced his own thirty for thirty with ESPN and went wow. down. Fucking fantastic. I love that documentary. It's so good. Wow. Um, but and also uh, there, there, there's a pretty good film with uh, Oscar Isaac playing Duran called Hands of Stone, which is yeah. Which is good. So. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. I believe it was Oscar Isaac. I might be wrong, but I if think you're wrong. I think it's the other guy. Uh, I think it's the other guy. It looks like Oscar Isaac. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's. It's. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. It's. 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 It, Jay was right. It is not. It is not Oscar Isaac. It's Edgar Ramirez. But like boxing, for some reason, like I don't even watch boxing. I don't go to the pay per views. I don't watch Mayweather. I don't follow that stuff. But when I watch like the documentaries about boxing, they are always the most fascinating documentaries to me. I know. I don't know why either. Because it's, it's, it's still because we're, we're just human, man. And and a blood sport's a blood sport. And we fucking we fucking love it. It's one of the reasons I still love hockey. There's nothing more. There, there's nothing like Ice Guardians was one of my favorite sports documentaries ever because it talks about this. The unsung heroes of the NHL and of hockey, the enforcer. Right. And it really talks yeah. about how, how, how yeah. the enforcer has been completely phased out of the modern game and stuff yeah. like that. But it was such an integral part of the 70s and 80s and early 90s. Yeah. I mean, like to, to have an enforcer like Ty Domi from the from the Toronto yeah. Maple Leafs. Uh, uh, you know, like for every Gretzky, there is an enforcer behind them protecting them. And that's the role. And it's 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 the role still exists in minor ways, but well, it's not Sean what William it used Scott to be. brought it back to life. Yeah, and and and, and uh, you know, I and I love that movie too. But Tiger I did see on HBO Max and I was like, do I check this out? Like do I care enough about Tiger Woods? Do I care enough about golf cuz I don't I don't care about golf at all. Golf's not my thing. It's your thing. It's not my thing. Yeah. I no, I, I care less. But I, I I always love sports documentaries because there's something that is so human in 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 the achievement of something like that, like like reaching reaching the pinnacle of anything, and watching someone's journey to doing that. That is that 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 is something that I draws think, me. I in. think the I think the biggest issue with this is that Tiger is not the most likable kind of guy. That's the problem. Like him is a person. He used to be though. No, that's the thing. It's all facade. Like, of course he, it is. He's so private. He's so guarded. He's so uh 
you know, smart as far as like how he is in front of the media. If you think that any, where, like, any it's really public- hard to see the penetration of like an actual human being, but you do see it in bits. When he was younger. If you think that any public persona is exactly who that person is, then you're insane. Like, there's... Right, right, right. You know, right. I mean, even some of the celebrities, like, you hear stories like, they are as great as you think they are. It's like, there is a, still a side to them that isn't that great, but they're they're great at playing it. I definitely say it's worth a watch, and if you're hesitant with the, with the episode one, episode two is way better well let's, a lot more, more entertaining i'll put it that way <laughs> let's let's keep rolling on this uh on this hbo max line here because me and lauren sure. watched a movie uh earl late last week called locked down this okay, is i've heard of it this yeah. is the new movie with chiwetel edge and anne hathaway they yeah. play a couple yeah. who is forced to quarantine in england shot in 2020 right lockdown. shot in 2020 during lockdown and they can't stand each other anymore and they are currently separated but living in the same house filing for divorce this movie was uh, like the concepts like interesting, but also like I'm kind of like I want escapism, right? Like when I, I watch it, I don't like watching shit that takes place in lockdown. Like, uh, but that th- that be that being said, there still can be some interesting story to be found there, and they did they like the the couple dynamic starts off good like where you're like i i kind of like this i kind of like getting into the dynamic of this couple that's having their falling out happening through quarantine that's interesting somewhere in the middle of the second act they're like oh by the way this is a diamond heist movie oh that's right it does flip a square uh this and i was like i'm sorry what and they're like diamond heist quarantine movie diamond heist and i go I, i was like I, I guess I'll go with it. And I, I just went with it and I watched it and I was like, by the time I was done, like I, I think Chiwetel Ejiofor's performance, it's like, it's fine. Anne Hathaway seems like, I don't know what it is. Like I, I didn't, I didn't buy her bitch. I guess I'll say like, I, just, I didn't buy her bitch, you know? Uh, but you mean but, she's playing a bitch. I don't want to say any woman's ever, pl- I don't ever say any woman's ever a bitch. That's their word for their people. <laughs> As we learned, as we learned, as we learned recently, yeah, in uh, in, in uh, in, ne- in Netflix's, uh, of course, you know, swear words, Nicholas uh, Cage's, uh, history of swear words, yeah. So, but anyway, but I mean, th- th- that's essentially the role she's playing in the movie and stuff like that. Like, you kind of root for Chiwetel Ejiofor throughout the entire movie. Like, honestly, it. I I really wanted to watch it. And it's two I just hours. Could of, not bring myself. It's to two do hours it. of dribble. Honestly, like I if know. if I had to give it a score, I heard nothing good about. It's like yeah. a D plus. It's like it. it are, will you hate yourself for having watched it in the end? No. Are you going to gain anything from it? Yeah. No. Does it end you in a place where you're like, oh, we're right back where we started? Hundred percent. Like it's like yeah. it's. You're going to forget all about it. It's 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 so paint by numbers and. And then I watched something like this, and they're like, we filmed this during quarantine. You know, praise us. And it's like, yeah, it was shit. That's their only marketing right. shit. But then Host was also filmed during quarantine, and that was one of the best horror movies of 2012, fucking 20, and it was fucking amazing. So. Exactly. They, they, that, and that right there. Goes what do you show. do with your material? What are you going to do with your material? Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't waste your time on lockdown unless there's literally nothing. You're do a rush job with the watch. relationship. You know, you could do a lot. And there has been a lot of films with like lockdown stuff. Honestly, like, where you're like, you know, in a two hander, you're in a situation. You can get a lot of good things going on with that. Let's say, let's say Link Ladder is like, oh, I want to do. I wanna, oh, yeah. Perfect candidate to do something. Exactly. Like that. Let's, I, I, I want to do. A before you know, oh. whatever a before series before, film before midnight in is almost like that, right? In quarantine, and it's a couple 
having conversations yeah. during court. That would be vastly more interesting than anything they did here. Yeah, because Super Movie Brother Jay is all about that kind of shit. Jay Jay would fucking come all over <laughs> himself. But he would look saying, like Randy like, Marsha in that South Park episode where he got to touch the internet for but, five minutes. Oh, 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 what is that? Oh, 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 oh. What the? Dad? Randy! Oh, uh, there was a, there was a ghost! This, this ectoplasm! Did you see the ghost? It ran through here, it, it slimed me! But the problem is, like, I am, I am so bougie with this kind of shit, where, like, for example, I would not right. watch this movie because I knew but, I wouldn't like it. But watch the trailer for this movie, and it sounds like the bougie film that you want to see. I, I know, but and then I, halfway I, I through it goes. Tell, it I, ain't this. I, I, I could, I could tell, I could tell from the trailer, and the fact that I didn't hear any good buzz from it yeah. made me just reaffirm, like, don't do it. To me and Lauren show. ended watching the movie by going, so that was a that was a thing we watched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we immediately started Doom Patrol and got lost your shit, elated with Doom Patrol. So very happy. So th- th- that's the best thing that lockdown did for me from watching it was. I wanted something so completely different than this that I jumped into Doom Patrol and I couldn't be happier. And it worked out. All right, Jay, what else did you get down to watching this week? Well, I watched, I, I finally watched, let me say this, Oliver Stone's 2016 Snowden. Joseph Gordon Levett. That's playing, on Netflix now, right? I, I can't remember. I, I actually saw this I um, a couple of weeks ago. I can't remember where I found this. We just did a Patreon episode on Nick Cage. Isn't Nick Cage also in Snowden? Briefly. Yes. Briefly. Very briefly. Yeah. Does he have Mentor an, type. Does he have an yeah. epic freak out? The work's not just going to go away, Alva. It never just goes away. The goddamn contract is somewhere in the goddamn fucking files! No, no. Damn it. Very mild. He's smoking. He's chain smoking. That's his little thing. Fair enough. I'll take <laughs> it. I'll take it. But um, this, you know, it's based on a true story, also inspired from the documentary. Um about Edward Snowden. He was this genius man who worked all the way up and it, it, it essentially got into the CIA, worked for NSA, and discovered the illegal sur- uh, surveillance techniques that our country was utilizing throughout the world, but also within the country. If you hear the term WikiLeaks, mm. you have Snowden to thank for that. Yeah. It's still a term that gets used on our on our national media uh I would say almost daily. Yeah. And he thinks that, you know, he thought that this was, you know, it was new technology and he thought it was wrong and he thought that it was unbelievable. They, they had access to all these kind of things. Uh, potentially, it's not like everybody can just no you know, watch everybody like, but you know, the Patriot Act does allow them to, to tap into this stuff F- for a reason or a for cause. a reason, right. yeah. for a reason, but they don't need a judge's signature to say you have permission to do it. Right. They can just do so it. So his his idea was to sneak all these documents and kind of information out and give it to the press and not have it covered up by any kind of government or yeah. not have it sold to any other government so, either. So in the end, what did you think of it? Because I thought it was it took a subject matter that was extremely interesting to me and made it boring. 
Whereas I found the documentary fascinating, this, I, I thought this movie took a subject matter interesting to me and made it boring. I didn't think it made it boring. I think they just made it too long. The, uh, that, that might I, think, I think that's where you're getting at. I think it got a little plotted a little bit some points in the movie where it got drawn out, played up a little bit too much within the, just the relationship saying, with this girl. I needed a Liam Neeson kicking open the door and telling him, come with me if you want to live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and yeah. I, I running from jo- the CIA. And, and look, we love Joseph Gordon-Levitt, but I think you know, and I know the character. Why do you French up his name so much, Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Levitt. I think it is jo- it? Joseph Gordon-Levitt. That's it. Just say Levitt. I it's thought fun. it was Levitt. Who cares? JGL. I, I like the sound. Levitt. I like the sound. Fancy. You really want to be I, instead I of Emily in Paris. You really want to be Jay in Paris. Emily in Paris. I know. I know. I just oh, I just saw, I rewatched Paris. Midnight in Paris again too. Oh my god, I love that Here movie. I love that movie. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I'm not gonna get into it. But anyway, Snowden, uh, great film. I thought Oliver Stone's. Uh, it, it's it's solid. I would say it's solid. It's not great. Hit or miss that Ollie Stone for me. It's not bad. It's good. Okay. I watched two documentaries on Netflix, uh, both about serial killers. The Ripper, which uh, I think came out uh, probably a couple months ago, uh, and, and and it follows the uh, the the Yorkshire Ripper uh, from England, killer of prostitutes. Uh, yeah, he was eventually caught. Uh, that's what happens with all super with with all serial killer documentaries, like uh, From Hell. Yeah, yeah, I like that movie, The Giant Depp one. That yeah, was actually it, a fun little watch. But it's not following Jack the Ripper. This right, is the right, Ripper. Right. This is Yorkshire Ripper. So it's different. Different Happen- going on in the seventies and eighties. And then there was the Night Stalker, which uh, was a series of murders which took place in Los Angeles uh, during the 1980s. And both of them are absolutely fascinating if you are into serial killers. And they definitely go into, uh, especially the Night Stalker, goes into great detail about these murders, uh, a lot a lot more than like some other documentaries that I've seen about the Night Stalker. However, if that's not your thing, then it's, then it's not your thing. Don't watch it. If true crime is your thing, then you've probably already watched it and don't need to hear me tell you to watch it. But I found them both extremely interesting. Nothing lulls me to sleep more so than a serial killer documentary. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I love going to sleep with uh, with 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 visions of uh wim- of female torsos dancing in my head. <laughs> uh, and finally, Jay, I watched a movie and I fucking loved this movie. In the film festival circuit in 2019, got its wide release in 2020. It's a Amazon Prime original film, and it's now available on Amazon Prime. It's the Vest of Nights, which follows a which follows a a switchboard operator, a young girl. She's 16. Her mother is the switchboard operator. It takes place in the 1950s, like I said. So back then, you used to have to call an operator and say, "Hey, connect me to so and so," and they did it. So that was her mother's job. But at night, she would do that job for her mother so that the switchboard were operating that's how she made her extra cash it follows her and the young dj of the local of the local radio station and they come across a strange signal and they begin to investigate this signal they play it on air and they begin a whirlwind investigation into the signal what the source of it is and it, it just is so intimate because so much of it takes place in not one location, but like the hmm. big the big plot points are happening in a small location with some people just having a conversation and stuff. the The opening of the film kind of plays like a podcast, almost almost like a, like a like a like a supernatural podcast and stuff right. like that, because it's just two people talking about a subject. Um, and and it's and it like you're discovering more and more about it, and you as the audience member, you kind of you kind of get it from from the onset. You're just like, oh, this is. I mean, I'll just say. This is aliens. 
And and but but you still have to you're still you know traveling with these characters as they go In through the investigation period, of it. So it, it has right. an element to it as well. Right, right exactly. So you, you're 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 going along with them, and their excitement becomes your excitement when they get yeah. a new piece of the puzzle, when they find a new interview, and they go and. And do this it. is a first time writer director. It is. So it is, and it's a cast, very low budget movie. And I gotta cast. say, that's the, exciting to watch for me watching this movie. Uh, first off, one of the things that they do is uh, they they kind of play it as like a Twilight Zone episode. Like there's moments where things that are happening in this movie are happening on a 1950s era television screen, and it's and and, and it's through the through the filter of this uh, Paradox Theater, which is like this ripoff of like a uh, of Twilight Zone. So it kind of like bounces in and out of that at times. But one of the really interesting shots in the film, and this is weird because I'm not the type of person that picks up on shots like you do. But like they do this thing where like they exit the switchboard room where the girl is and they travel down like Main Street and then it makes a left and it goes through the gymnasium, goes out the back door and goes to the radio station. And it's all done in what is presumably one shot, one like seamless Mm -hmm. shot. Mm -hmm. And the score that plays during this like this one shot is absolutely fantastic. The score for this film is fucking fantastic i absolutely was riveted and the score really draws you in but it's i'm intrigued it's it's a fun watch if you watch the movie cosmos and i did talk about the movie cosmos a couple months ago which is about three guys sitting in in a van listening to signals in space and they they do come across a transmission that leads them down this investigative path that ultimately leads them to the end um this kind of has a similar similar storyline however it's the i i didn't love the characters in cosmos i love the characters here and i love the mystery here and i love putting the pieces together i love i love going on the journey with them this was an a movie for me wow yeah you sold me i mean pg-13 hour and 30 minutes yes it's it's definitely worth the watch it's short sounds like it's short it's intimate but it really draws you in the photography looks really pretty too after the first 15 minutes you're like w- once you get to that moment in the switchboard room where you hear the sound and the mystery starts and that's 15 minutes into the movie you're yeah. fucking in yeah but yep. you fall but the first 15 minutes is for you to fall in love with both of these characters and they do that beautifully so cool i can't i, I can't i will uh watch it tomorrow night probably. i kind of wish i could redo my top five so i could put vast of night on my 2020 at least honorable mentions or or, or in my top five because that happens to me i know i it liked sucks. it so much and this is one of those ones it came to streaming literally right after we did that episode it was available free for streaming and i wasn't able to catch it so but it's definitely worth your time uh, and that does it for what I was watching this week. Jay, there's one other thing that we got down to watching this week. You and I didn't watch it together. We watched it separately. Uh, this was going to be our main review, but I decided since it was kind of like the first two episodes of it, I didn't want to review it as a whole because I realized by the end of this that what these two episodes are are going to be vastly different to what the show winds up being. Yes. And uh, and that's why I keep telling people right. on Twitter. We're going to review this show at the end and discuss its greater role in the MCU. But you and I got down to watching WandaVision episodes one and two. All right, so one of the things that WandaVision does, like, first off, Jay, did you know that Dick Van Dyke was a consultant on this show? 
Oh my God! No, I did not. He he was Dick Van Dyke was a consultant on the show. He also has no clue who Wanda Maximoff are, who Vision is, or even that the MCU is a popular thing. He just does not watch current media at all. Good for him. Right. But Good for he's him. in his nineties. Uh, so Dick Van Dyke, obviously, <laughs> you know, he he had the Dick Van Dyke Show, which was a popular sitcom in in the fifties and sixties, and goes right into his being a consultant for WandaVision. See, for me, this is all bewitched. I used to watch that show. That's all I saw when I was watching these episodes. It's all I could think of, and it and it very much is it's playing homage that. to that stuff. Very much so. It really was. But you know, it it starts off with with Wanda and and Vision driving into I think it's Westview is is the is is the name of the town. But I, anyway, West. Uh, they were the founder that they were one of the found the, the found some of the founding members of the west coast avengers so therefore hence the west view and stuff like yeah. that they go they go to there it's all black and white but it's them being married and the first episode is wanda even getting her bearings in in this world because mm-hmm. she's like oh i guess we're married so she puts wedding rings on them yep. and stuff like that and you could see that both of them know that they're not meant to be there or that there's a reason for them to lie to everybody else that's around there but they're going so they're, with the flow because they are they are not it's 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 odd it's almost like by the way this isn't this is going to be light spoilers not full spoilers but we are going to oh, yeah, some I, this is going to be hard to but we, there will be light that. spoilers okay um I, I i can really get into like towards the end but it's all going to be theories anyway so who yes. cares it's not none of its real spoilers but anyway uh, uh yeah they're, they're both just going with the flow yeah it's almost like it's almost like there's a script it's almost like written. wanda doesn't fucking know she made this motherfucking place exactly <laughs> Because she doesn't at this point. But yet at the same time, they feel like they're happy here. Yeah. They, they should be here for some reason. They want to be here because, because they they're be together. together. Because on uh, anywhere else, Vision's not yeah. there for her. And they also know that they can't you know, display their powers. Right. That's still dangerous. Right. You can't do that. You have to stay secretive. But you're in this world where you, know, you have to play a part. And you right. have to do your thing. And yet you still don't understand what's going on. You don't know exactly what this era is all about. The capabilities are. What, you know technology is like yeah. typing up data entry you know vision's job has that was one of my favorite job. things where it's like what do we do here yeah i don't know but production's up the uh, right. three times yeah. since you started here and it's yeah. like it's, it's like what am i typing like, the way i described this show like after it was done like lauren was like you know what did you think and i was like to her like what do you think and she's like i liked it and i was like i liked it i'm not in love with it but i thought it correct. was charming as fuck correct and they executed it exactly how they wanted to in such a fun way and you know what it did was it kept you on the edge of your seat yeah. knowing that it's just the calm before the storm i think i think that's exactly what the and i think it's that's why they get really creative really quickly i think they released the first two episodes together because a they're the first two that that kind of take place in this type of you know setting and 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 secondly it it leaves you with enough hooks to draw you in but it also is just kind of setting you up for for, for the nature of the show, and I think but, it was but also mi- I think the characters, like I think they really want to give you like a little bit yeah. more time with just loving them two together, yeah, and and that kind of relationship, but also you know the friends, like the boss, the boss wife, but also um, Catherine Hahn, who's fantastic Genius, as always, so good as, as the the nosy neighbor next door, right? Who um, may also uh, you know. Rep- 
supposedly, if she's playing the character you think she is, she may be Agnes, uh, who who will go on to be somewhat of like a witch and mm. a sorcerer herself, which may lead us yeah. into Wanda Maximoff being in the multiverse of madness, mm. Doctor Strange too, and Sorcerer Supreme. So like, sure. there's 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 like if if you were watching this and you were like. Where's my MCU ties? Where's like the things that I want from an MCU thing? This is the first MCU series yeah. that we're seeing. They have to set us up. And yeah. believe me, those branches are going to uh, eventually start yeah. to spread out. Those vines will grow and they will attach yeah. to other things. And we will start getting the Easter eggs and the big reveals that yep. we want. Uh, episode one kind of ends on a big reveal. Like, you know, we, we get someone saying, Wanda, who's doing this to you? And then we also get like the cutout and it's someone watching what's going on in the WandaVision house <laughs> taking notes and uh-huh. I think that's Darcy. I think that's Darcy from Thor. That's not obviously not anything we know, okay. but I think it's Darcy from Thor. But then in, in episode 2, we get we get the black lady who is there with Wanda at the meeting and they're both kind of like at, at the uh at the block party meeting sure. and they're both kind of like uh you're not buying into this, I'm not buying into this. We're kind of like kindred spirits. We don't belong here and stuff like mm-hmm. that. That's Monica Rambeau. She is the little girl that is in Captain Marvel. That is in Captain Marvel. That's the little girl from Captain oh. Marvel. And she's in there, but she's playing a character. She's playing a role. She's playing a, the role that Wanda is apparently assigning to her. Yes. So there this is going to get vastly deep into the MCU. It's going to go into some fucking wacky game show type places. But this first two episodes but also were meant me to be wonder, just charming and fun. And they were. Correct. And they correct. were. And it's going to be jumping into different kind of uh we're, we're already into color TV by the end of episode two. They're like, here's right. the color. Yep. And it's and it, I, I, what makes me wonder is in this quote unquote world, is it real or is this all kind of in Wanda's head? As you said, certain characters. Like, I think I, I, I'm, I'm, I personally, you know, this is a theory, everybody. I don't, I don't want to be giving any spoilers up. I do feel like. A good chunk of this can be inspired All right, here's, in some ways. Here's my theory. Ultimately, it is mainly in her own head. Here's my theory. Someone has whispered in her ear. She does have the reality-altering powers, the hex powers that she has in the comics. In the comic books, there is a storyline that's called The House of M. That is, Wanda is kind of almost catatonic, and her father, Magneto, is whispering in her ear, and she creates this alternate world. She changes the world around her to create the House of M. That is where mutants are the dominant species on the planet. Humans are somewhat subversant, and every character throughout the the Marvel Universe kind of is who they are, but slightly different, and all of them are believing into it, except for one person, one person with a healing factor, whose mind is incredibly difficult to alter because it'll heal itself and remind him of who he really is, and that's Wolverine. And Mm. it's about Wolverine figuring out what's going on and ultimately going to end the House of M, this world that Wanda has created. And when he goes to end it, Wanda whispers three words, no more mutants. And every mutant in the entire world loses their powers. The House of M shatters and falls to the falls to the ground. We were restored to the real world, but every Ooh. mutant that had their powers, except for 98 of them, all lost their powers because of her Man. hex powers or reality-altering powers. I think what's happening is the reverse in this series. Something is going on. Someone is whispering this stuff in her ear, and she is essentially creating this world on on her own power while possibly under the influence of somebody else. And by the end of it, we might get three words, oh, of, of, of four words, let there be mutants. 
Oh, okay. Or let there be miracles, which is what her and her brother Quicksilver were So called. almost that person taking notes is protecting her, but she's just documenting what Juan is going through in her own brain. I think it's Darcy documentary. I think Darcy figured so out. So they're letting her be safe. Yeah. Do her own little world thing in her own I don't know head. about let her be safe. I think they're curious about what she's doing because if you're Nick Fury and it's sword, because when that notebook closes, it's the sword symbol on that notebook. Like I said, some some spoilers. <laughs> There's that sword symbol on on the notebook, and sword is what Nick Fury was starting after at the end of Spider Man Far From Home. Mm. Uh, we saw him in the satellite with all the scrolls around, and that is essentially um, Earth's defense against outer forces. Sure. And they are obviously cosmic forces. So they are obviously interested in the cosmic forces that are going on on Earth. And that TV monitor is how they're monitoring what's going on in there. Whether they know Wanda's creating it or not, we don't know. But they know that something's going on in there. And that's how they're monitoring it. And Jane Foster's portal technology or, or you know, portal science that she was using in Thor and Thor 2 would lead Darcy to be the person who's able to use that tech, use what she learned there to get into this world and view that. And I think that's what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm excited. It's going, it's going to go places. It's going to go places and it's going to be a, it's going to get fucking wacky and, and it's going to get and weird. The, and the great thing about it is it's, it's so zippy and, and entertaining. It is. It is. But also the magic there's so show. much in it. The magic oh, show no, with her and was Vision so was fucking, tr- and that's what I keep coming to. I love to. Paul Bettany, and, and and Elizabeth Olsen is really shining as well. Like I, I feel like you know there hasn't been she. she I mean, I, I feel like she hasn't spread her wings in too many roles, no. too too greatly. So this seems to really be a good canvas for her to kind of open up and really show her talent. But what I keep coming to is just this word. It was charming. It was right, it was right. extremely charming. It was incredibly enjoyable. It, it, it's not the hard hitting, you know, MC like it's not Endgame yet. You know what I mean? It's we're not getting into that deeper MCU that we're all craving. We'll get there though. We'll we'll, we'll get there. Um, I don't know really. Like I'm not going to score it because I want to see this series as yeah. a whole. I think. I, I, I like to think of these MCU series, like this is going to be eight parts, and then Falcon Winter Soldier is going to be six parts. Um, I, I like to think of them as as like this is a four-hour, four-and-a-half-hour-long movie that is being made in the MCU involving these two characters, and I'll judge it as that at the end. I don't want to judge it now. And then just bleeding into news a little bit, uh, apparently Evan Peters may be making an appearance in this film. Evan Peters played Quicksilver in oh, shit. the Fox X-Men universe. So well, that's, that's just an interesting little... That's uh, not a spoiler. That's just a rumor. So a lot of what me and Jay talked about is my theories, other theories and stuff, and rumors and stuff. So not, not, not much spoilers. And also, this by the time this episode releases, episode three will have been out. So <laughs> uh, at that point, uh, most of my spoilers will be mute. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the rest of this show. I'm intrigued by it, and I'm charmed to shit by it. Uh, I'm not in love with it yet, though. So we'll right. see where the rest of this series goes. All right, Jay, let's head over and let's get into this. This week's news. All right, so this week's news is pretty brief, but 
I wanted to go over some of it because I think some of it is it's kind of fun, it's kind of interesting, and some updates on some of the stuff that we've talked about previously. So let's get into our first news story. RJ, Colin Trevorrow recently did an interview in which he stated that Jurassic World Dominion will not just be built on the back of Jurassic World and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, Dominion will be a culmination of all six Jurassic Park films, which is interesting because previously, I'm not sure if he outright said it, but it seemed like they were only drawing on the experiences of Jurassic Park and the Lost World uh, when they when they created Jurassic World and then went into Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Now they said all six Jurassic Park films, which means that includes Jurassic Park 3. I guess because Alan Grant's return, sure. how do you ignore the fact that that film exists? I mean, you, you, you could. You could say that film doesn't exist, but is, it, is, it, is that film that bad that you want to strike it from history? That is one big pile of shit. It's directed I mean, by Joe Johnston. It's okay. It's okay. It's 90 minutes. It's dinosaurs chasing people. It's a thing. It's it fine. exists. It's fine. It's a thing. Right. It is what it is. But dinosaurs, it is action, fun. It is the culmination of of all six films, which I find which I find interesting because previously, at right. least Universal made it seem like we were going to be ignoring the third film. Like that, that's take it or leave. It. I I'm not that that's that's hard to do. I, I I don't know if I like that or not. I know that's like the new trend since Cameron started that with his Terminator situation, <laughs> which did not well, work out. So I I don't know if that's the best move. You mean where Cameron was like there's t1 t2 and then my and and then this new one yeah 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 dark fate yeah and now and now yeah. there we're, we're all like no dark fate's not real either no for for me it's terminator i'm so one. done i'm for, just are you are you for me it's terminator one terminator I two like i need to get decade off from terminators and then terminator salvation because i don't hate that movie as much as everyone else seems i agree to. with that i agree with that that's it. Those are my Terminator movies. Those are my Terminator watches. There is good I can't stuff watch in any there. other ones. There's good stuff in there. Yeah. I know. Terminator 3 is just too cheesy. There's too many of those cheesy moments. Oh, it's, it's, like it's where, he beats up, where he beats up the bikers at the gay biker bar and then puts on the, 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 the star glasses with the glitter and stuff like that. And I was like, that's... That's 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 a line you don't cross. I, I just I, I didn't ever want my Terminator to cross into this comedic level that it has. Um, so like yeah, but I I don't know. I, I obviously ter, you know Jurassic Park three is not the travesty that most other Terminator films have been. So its inclusion into the series and and it it building towards it. Look, it might get a mention. Is what Colin Trevor is really getting at. They might mention that Alan Grant returned to Jurassic Park at some point, whether it was Isla Nublar or Isla Sorna. I believe it was Isla Isla Sorna because Isla Nublar is the first one, if I remember correctly. I don't so know. In the third one, I believe he goes to the same island that it was that was in Jurassic World. I don't care. Anyway, next news story. RJ, the Willy Wonka prequel film, which, as you said, stars is going to star Timothy Jalamet or Tom Holland or Tom Holland. Oh, you're using your made up names. It's what WB wants in the titular role of Willy Wonka. Uh, it's going to be first off, they announced a director for it. Uh, it is going to be the director of Paddington, Paul King. Inspired choice, which uh, I think it fits because Paddington's almost like a similar type story, this type of fantasy tale and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, whimsical 
charming. But also one of the like the best movies that came out the year that Paddington and Paddington too. Like both are like fantastic movies and have and have no right being like those fantastic oh, movies. Oh, that is but, very true. But yeah, you know, we we talked about earlier on taking the subject matter and doing something with it. Like this is like it seems like Paul King takes the subject matter and does something with it and makes it mean something to both to both kids and to adults and it just it speaks to everybody. And I think that's exactly what Willy Wonka needs. And I think that's exactly what that story is. Yeah. Oh, it is. It so is. So I think at, you know, at the heart of Willy Wonka, let's remember that that it is a young boy being handed the keys to a kingdom, but it's also about a a elderly grandfather finding his youth. Yeah. I mean, I I think Charlie so and much Chocolate so. Factory dropped the ball in, in many different kind of ways. In some ways, it worked. Many ways, it, it was, didn't. It was too worried about being Tim Burton and not worried enough about being Willy Wonka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that was that was the beginning of showing that Burton with a shitload of cash to spend doesn't quite work. Quite never work. mess with a squirrel's nuts. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Willie the Willy Wonka prequel will come out up now, reportedly on March seventeenth, twenty twenty three. Obviously, that release date's subject to change. We still may be in a pandemic at that point, for all I know. Um, never know. <laughs> Uh, this isn't something that's like on my radar though, where it's like, I'm going to keep following this. I really care about this. I'm really looking forward to this project. I'm not, I'm not. I like where it's heading. I do. I'm I'm very inspired by that. Just like I was with Johnny Depp and Tim Burton initially, but you know, I wasn't blown away by that movie at all. Right. So yeah, you wind up. I mean, it was a fine movie technically, but there's not a lot of great stuff in it. The question is, will this movie make Grandpa Joe suddenly not be sick and jump out of bed and just be like, oh, we're going to the chocolate factory. It's like, you son of a bitch. You've been laying in this bed this whole time while this kid and his mother have been slaving away, yeah. working hard to, 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 to make sure that you're provided for and taken care of in your elderly years. And all of a sudden, your bitch ass is getting up and walking around. You could have done this the whole time. Chop some wood, Grandpa <laughs> Joe. I know. It's awfully cold in here. <laughs> I know. And I think the patented director will really be able to to walk that line to bring that balance yeah bring that balance yeah. next news story <laughs> seth mcfarlane is making a reboot to one of my favorite comedy films one of my favorite spoof films you know like there's there, there's some spoof films that that, that reach the height of, of of greatness you know hot shots part do airplane mm-hmm. right Naked Gun, mm-hmm. and that is what is being remade by Seth MacFarlane. He's he's rebooting the Naked Gun series, and a, reportedly, according to Liam Neeson, Liam Neeson has been reached out to by Seth MacFarlane to play the lead role in Naked Gun. The negotiations will be short. You know, I really hope this works. Weirdly, it fits. It does weirdly fit. But most, most I don't peop- know if I love Liam Neeson as a character, as the lead character. Most people don't know this, but you know, back in the day. Well, guess what? Before I say that, before you say that, not many people know this, and you know, it's a very sad confession. But when I was a teenager, I hated these kind of films. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm not. Airplane is fucking fantastic. This is, but again, this is when I first started watching movies, and and I I just didn't. I, I just I thought it was so stupid and I couldn't get into it. I didn't think it was funny. I just thought it was distracting and weird. And I just this was I, I, I it's a shame for me to say that now because now I do love them. But um, but when I first got into movies as a seventeen year old or eighteen year old, I it just didn't work for me. I couldn't get into it. I right. don't know why. I just I just it's, it just didn't work. So most people don't know this, but the original uh, character that was in 
that was in the Naked Gun series uh, it was famously played by Leslie Nielsen. These are kind of like the films that kind of like sure. made him course, in the 80s and 90s. Uh, so much so that like he kind of became like the spoof guy. Like he was just in spoof things ever since Airplane. But even before Airplane in 1980, he was kind of like a serious actor. Like very much like Liam Neeson where it's like it almost fits. It's almost like the careers like like marry you know, no, I know. Mirror each humor other. kind of thing, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, well, you know, it's like uh, Steve Carell tried to do a get smart in a lot of ways. Right, exactly. Exactly. Uh yeah, I I could absolutely see Liam Neeson doing this. Um because I don't think back in the day people would have saw Leslie Nielsen being in Airplane and then he he did it and he That's did fair. it so That's fair. fantastically. So, but I, you know, I we Leslie uh I mean, Giannis, Liam Neeson did announce sure. earlier this week that he was retiring from action films for the second time. <laughs> and then his latest one, I don't even remember its name, but it's like The Rifleman, The Sniper, The The, the Thing, The Guy, something. 70-year-old man really good with a gun man with a gun right i love the trailer for that movie by the way i forget what it is but he uh it, the trailer is like him like on like a ranch and stuff like that and he's holding a rifle and there's a like an american flag behind him and i'm like you do realize like he ain't american <laughs> <laughs> don't tell the americans that he, he ain't american but like i i guess he holds up like all the american ideals <laughs> essentially <laughs> But I laughed at that because, like, I told my wife, I was like, "He's not even." A, it's called the Marksman. I'm sorry, it's called okay. the Marksman. Anyway, uh, it, it's apparently doing well, like really well. And, and I, I gotta assume it's from the AARP crowd who are just like, "God damn it!" I love seeing, I love seeing a 68 year old man do this shit. Yeah, he speaks to. Uh, I bet you, know, I bet you, Stallone wishes States. that the AARP crowd came out, <laughs> came out for the last Rambo movie, like they come out for Liam Neeson. Um, but I mean, so after the success of that, he retracted that statement where he's like, I'm, "I'm retiring from action films." He's not quite done with action films yet. In fact, he still has another one that is very much on the way out, and this one is called the ice road which will be coming out later on in 2021 so maybe after that he's done who knows he, he's essentially saying i'm done with action films and then he goes on to say and who knows maybe he was out of context films. i don't know who cares next news story rj uh we just talked about wandavision we talked about the first two episodes well apparently wandavision was supposed to have somewhat of a brief prequel Apparently uh, there were mm. there were talks it was never filmed but there were talks of the end credit scene for Avengers Endgame to be WandaVision to be kind of like a setup for WandaVision. They ultimately ended up not filming it because they didn't feel it fit the tone of Endgame and the end of Endgame to set up anything else. I think they were right to follow that instinct. Right. To go with the fact that like let Endgame kind of be the end of an error and let WandaVision start a new era instead of capping off the last era with I the completely new era. agree. I think that was the, the most pragmatic way to go about it, and I think it was the most uh, respectable and fitting way to do it. Sure. Next news story. RJ, Matt Damon has landed in Australia. He's going to go through his uh, 10 to 14 day quarantine and reportedly... And have a tea. Just yeah. when that ends... When that quarantine ends is also when Thor Love and Thunder starts filming. <gasps> oh. So some people are speculating that Matt Damon is in Australia to either film a to, to film a cameo for Thor Love and Thunder, much like he had a cameo in Thor Ragnarok, and we can expect As it. he should. As he should. And he also had a cameo play. in Deadpool too. So yeah. um maybe he'll maybe he'll he'll return to the MCU to play a role in Deadpool and 3. He's like 
besties with Chris Hemsworth anyway. So Oh, Beth Damon is really. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's a real thing. Oh, he can't he, he Oh, they're very close. He, very close. He can't hang with uh with Ben Affleck anymore. Ben Affleck well, drinks too much for him. <laughs> I mean, Ben's now single, so look out. Look out, Hollywood girls. He's and Matt Damon's very much a, now. Matt Damon's very much a family man, so Yeah, he stays out of the headlines. For sure. Next news story. RJ, final news story. Uh, this one comes via Twitter. So someone reached out on Twitter to Zack Snyder, and okay. they essentially said, oh, what's going on with this Justice League thing? Is this like still a miniseries, mm. a, a one-shot full movie? What's going on? And Zack Snyder responded and just said, one shot. So it apparently appears that Zack Snyder has confirmed that Justice League, his it, Zack Snyder Justice I mean, if, League on HBO Max. Is that the only confirmation that we got? It's kind of like the only confirmation we got, that it'll no longer be the four-part miniseries that we thought it was going to be. Four parts, uh, roughly you know, an hour each, all culminating in, in the sure, full, in the full sure. experience. Um, that apparently will be a four to four and a half hour long one-shot movie. Well, let me say this. Even though it's nothing confirmed... Technically, he. By the way, he shoots this and hands it off to somebody else, who then decides what gets done with it. <laughs> Still saying that, so. um, just like he did it before, and they went, "Oh, we're not using any of this. It's all going to be Joss Whedon." I, <laughs> they can, Warner Brothers can still fuck him again. They I, can. I technically think this is better off as a one-shot deal. Do you really? I do because I don't want a four-hour-long movie. I, I will I lose under, my interest. I understand that, but. The composition of making episodes, you have to tailor what you shot a previously shot movie into an episodic thing. It's hard to do. The majority of his reshoots of, of trying to make this quote unquote Snyder cut would have to take so much just to make a, an end cap and a beginning. For just episodes. do what we do with this with this show. Just throw a bumper at the end, a bumper <laughs> at the beginning. I just don't <laughs> think I just don't think it, it's set up that way, and it would work. I understand what you're saying. I think that's really the main issue. I, but like with four hours long, you're gonna have to give me an an, an intermission or, or like a four and a half hour long if it does wind up being over four hours. You have to give me an inter an, an intermission where, where I can pause and I can pick it up the next day. Yeah. And the next day well, it starts well, with yeah. previously on <laughs> when you see Superman's nips. Yeah. You can just go. And He's not gonna have nips. He's got the black suit, motherfucker. He has his nips out before he gets the black suit, <laughs> or after, or whatever it was. It's all about it's 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 all about that Henry Cavill nip to you, isn't it? Just gaze into my nipples of the future, and you'll see that you're wrong. Dude, he was sexy as shit in that scene. Shirtless. He was sexy he, as shit in Man of Steel. Came, he just got dug out of the ground. He's like, he, com he comes out of the cold Pacific Ocean and yeah. goes running across that 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 yard and like starts stealing. I still, shirts I and still stuff. love when the Flash is trying to like avoid avoid him. <laughs> and he see you see Superman like look and he's like, Wait, how, how, what the uh, hell? Might like, not be in here? this cut. That's what I'm saying. I, and I, I, oh my god, I hope it is. Might but not be I, in this I, cut. I did like that scene a lot. Might not um, be in this cut. It was funny to me. I'm certainly going to Now, that's what really sucks, because you know my disease. And, 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 and long-time <laughs> listeners of the show know my disease. That means that I have to watch all the DCEU movies that tie into this before this comes out. That means <laughs> i got to watch Man of Steel, which is two hours and 22 minutes. I just saw it. I'm already up to speed. Right. And then I'm going to have to watch uh, Batman, Superman, Dawn, Dawn of Justice. Yeah. Extended edition, which is like three hours, 15 minutes. Which I still need to watch. <laughs> And then I'm going to have to watch the, the the Snyder cut of Justice League, which is going to be four hours plus. So you're not going to watch the Weeding cut before? I suppose I should for comparison, right? 
I think you should. And I that's think already. I, should. I don't want to, but I'm going to do and it. And that's already two, two and it's, a half hours, right? It's out there for streaming free somewhere. I know. So that. I've already scheduled myself 24 hours of watching. It's just right there. Mm-hmm. Just losing 24 hours mm-hmm. of my life. I better just like. You buy, might have the time when the baby's born. I mean, yeah. You know, I, I better just buy adult diapers and just like, and just <laughs> sit there and watch. Like, uh, Zack Snyder makes some fucking long ass movies, man. I know. I know that people love them. It takes stuff. a sweet time. Oh, he certainly does. And, and and just for posterity's sake, now I have to watch Watchmen as well. <laughs> just, that's your that's your dessert. That's your reward for getting through it. All. I think that's I think that is. I think after I watch the very end, after I watch, watch a four hour plus ju- Justice League movie, I watch Watchmen: The yeah. Extended Cut, yeah. and I just remember why. Just to get yourself back to baseline, right? Yeah. <laughs> or I or I watch Watchmen: Extended Cut before I watch it, so that I remember why I'm excited for an overly long Zack Snyder movie because that's what that's one I actually really yeah, enjoy. You got to dangle that carrot at the end. <laughs> you, gotta, you know, you got to be reaching for something. I, maybe I'll just treat myself to, air, <laughs> to to something like Airplane or Caddyshack, like the, right. the palate cleanse. Yeah, the palate cleanse. <laughs> what's what's ninety minutes of just pure comedy and and shut your brain off fun? Caddyshack and and and, and Airplane, I hear you for sure. I hear you. I I think this is a mistake. I think at least splitting it into two parts if not the four parts but, is probably best and, and dave initially when it was announced i loved it and i still do in theory i love that idea i just don't think they can logistically do it and pull it off but again i suppose i still we still don't know how different this movie is going to really be supposedly like it, it's all over the place i heard that that uh, only 20 percent of the original film would be part of this and then i heard things that this is all 60 percent new footage and i heard things that it's like oh you know it's only about an hour of new footage but then i hear that it's like a four hour long movie so having an hour of new footage means like you're 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 really just cutting your own shit into the other film, and it's like that's my. Theory. I am I, I so confused yeah. about what this is going to be. Is this going to be the completely different film that you've touted, or is this going to wind up being the same movie with your extended cuts? Put and in? are we going to still have CGI Superman face? I think you have to have that because that was filmed for for that. Re- I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know because presumably the reshoots wouldn't have had to happen if this cut was allowed to go to print. So we'll see. Right. I mean, I do know that it is getting on top of getting. It's just down to the wire now. It's like what the fuck? Like how did they not know? Right. But like, on, kind of is down to the wire. This is coming out in according to IMDb, just under just under uh, you know two and a half months essentially. Yeah. Um. March twenty twenty one. March four hours. So March twenty twenty one, and we're just now like finding out about its release and stuff like that. But you know, in it also indifference to it, like as what's new, what's not, what we're going to see in it. Also, there is the fact that it's going to have a completely different saturation. It's going to have a completely different color palette. It's all, 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 all of the quote unquote negatives. It was all shot on digital, but they're going to do a completely different color treatment to it. It's going yeah. to fit more in line with the previous films by Zack Snyder that exist in the DCEU than what we're seeing than, than what we saw in Justice League, which was a complete oversaturation and very much. MCU inspired sure, bright sure, colors and sure, stuff like that, which sure. doesn't seem to fit into the universe that they've built. And it, and you could tell it didn't fit right. You know, it didn't look right because you know you look at Man of Steel, vivid. You know, completely had that kind of Nolan esque naturalistic kind of like vibe look. For sure. And it was well technically produced by Nolan. So um, you know, I think they would kind of keep that continuity a little bit. Yeah, but didn't Nolan drop off as like producer at that point where he was like, I see the writing on the wall. 
He did. You know, he did drop off. I'm backing out. <laughs> he did. He backed this. out. He was out after that. I'm not doing this. I'm going to go make a movie where people talk, but you can't hear it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dunkirk first. My experiment. Salem film. No, I'm kidding. Tenant. Fuck you. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Tenet. I the and more the, and more and the more it more ages, the more I'm more I'm angry with it all. I mean, it's just, I think I get angry so the more people try to tell me what a great fucking movie it is. That, yeah, you can't you can't argue that. It's like arguing Trump was a you know a great guy. You know, like <laughs> for some people he was Jay. So uh, uh, opinions, assholes, everyone's got them. All that shit. So. uh <laughs> That's going to do it for our news this week. Coming up, me and Jay are going to, I want to say discuss more so than review, One Night in Miami. Uh. Ah. You brothers, you could move mountains without lifting a finger. Uh. Minister Malcolm X. Good news, the chariot is coming. Who's the greatest? That's right. Jim Brown takes the ball. Your record is going to stand the test of time. All together, yeah. The entire city of Miami is celebrating. I'm the new heavyweight champion of the world, and I don't even have a scratch on my face. Oh, my goodness. Cash. Cash? Why am I so pretty? Hey, congratulations, champ. I can get used to that. That we are in is called a struggle. Because we are fighting for our lives. This ain't about civil rights. They ain't giving black people what they really want. What's that? Hey, I was made in America. That's why I'm out here saving America. Power. Black power. I like the sound of that. All right, One Night in Miami stars Kingsley Ben Adir, Eli Gorey, Aldous Hodge, and Leslie Odom Jr. And they are playing Malcolm X, Cassius Clay, Jim Brown, and Sam Cooke. And if you live under a rock and you don't know who Cassius Clay is, he later becomes known as the greatest of all time, Muhammad Ali. The greatest. I am the greatest. Everybody talking about this Joe Frazier. I want to hear about that Joe Frazier. I'm prettier than Joe Frazier. <laughs> <laughs> Muhammad Ali is just absolutely one of the one of the greatest sports icons, personalities, and athletes that has just ever existed on our planet. So when you tell me that you're, you're gonna, you know, I'm gonna have a story that involves Muhammad Ali, I'm automatically intrigued by it. Because yeah. he is just one of the most dynamic and ignamic and I, I, I got to say magnetic personalities that has ever been put to screen. So when I hear someone's going to be playing them, I'm extremely interested in it because I don't think even to this day, any actor has ever really pulled off Muhammad Ali in the way that Ali pulls off being Ali. Like no one's ever, no I one's know. ever done it. Even Will Smith, who had an okay turn yeah, at, at playing I Ali, I agree. it still was not. You, you Perfect. Could, you could just right. you could just tell. You know, Ali was just so authentic. He I, was just so him. I think it's just. Yeah, it I think so it just speaks to the character. The it just speaks to the character of who Muhammad Ali was as a person. That it's almost impossible to replicate it. Correct. And it's you know there. It's just like you know a, a great performance right. in a movie that he, you feel like can never be remade or you know recasted as somebody else. Eli Gorey does a good job. 
about as good of a job well, as I would say Will Smith did. I think it's I um, think it's pretty I think it's pretty good. It's up there. I mean, he had a little bit more to chew on in in the in the way of this was shot a little bit more in fiction. Also, he gets a pass for because the majority of the film. We're talking about Cassius Clay, we're talking about Young Ali. We're not talking about Yeah. You know, Rumble in the Jungle, Ali. Right? Yeah. We're not. We're not talking about like Ali in his in his later years, where yeah. he was just you know float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. You know, we're not talking about that Ali. We're talking about the the, the Cassius Clay yeah. Ali, who is brand up new. and rising. Yeah, yeah, brand new in the horizon, up and coming. Um, Ego was there with his religion, conflicted with his newfound celebrity yeah. in a lot of ways, and just just a ton of energy. And the world at the palm of his hand, you know, he just didn't know where to go. And he was excited. And this is written by our a great new writer. He just previously wrote Soul, also a, a good success, and, um, and then Star Trek Discovery. And that's all he has. He's got three great writing credits under his mm-hmm. belt already. Brand new guy. And directed and by first-time first first time director, Regina King. Yeah, good for her. Yeah. Yeah, she's been in the spotlight for a very long time right. as a great, successful actress, and this is a beautifully shot film, I would say. I, I like the cinematography a lot. I liked the bouncing back and forth between almost like a play where it's in like it's a it was. it's like a hander within one setting into in this like motel room. It's obviously um, a, a a setting uh, of of a conversation, which is something sure. that Jay loves, and 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 I do enjoy from from time to time. Um, it, it, it's a conversation. It's a conversation with heavy subject matter, uh, but also it, it bounces back and forth between between the ideals. It never lands firmly in in one camp, right? It never Correct. says Malcolm X is right. It never says Sam Cooke is right. It never says that Jim Brown is yeah. right. It never says that. What it's showing you is four viewpoints, essentially on the black. Black experience in the 1960s in that era yes yes which i did like and which i love that still idea echoes to the black experience of current times correct correct because if you think it's that much different than it was in the 1960s and again you're Dave, wrong we're 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 already set back a couple of generations now sure we are um so you know we're gonna be dying when this is this is still gonna be relevant sure you know it's 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 not gonna go away anytime soon unfortunately but i think you know, projects like this is really good because it, it highlights the popularity of four completely different celebrities, quote unquote celebrities, in, in their own respected eras. Mm-hmm. And um, and it, it definitely brings up different topics and conversations that you're right. It does not touch or, or give it a direct opinion on which way is right, which way is wrong. It's, it does not. And... Partly, you want it to go and and really kind of hammer the head on something right. and, and give an opinion and a repression, and it doesn't fully go there, right? And no. it bothers me sometimes. But ultimately, what bothers me is the drawn out aspect of this the, the whole start to finish story. But that one of the things the movie does, it that wants to do cinematically. It does really well. Is it shows who these four prominent you know black individuals were in the 1960s obviously we know who malcolm x is obviously we know what he stood for but sure. showing malcolm x a in a home life that we that many of us have, have probably never seen whether it's true or not yeah you know, we're, we're seeing that and we're seeing that aspect of his uh, of the character in this film we're seeing muhammad ali outside of, of the motel room you know, w- you know winning winning over over in london earning his chance to to fight for the championship over in 
Miami uh, fighting against Sonny Liston. And we're, we're seeing Jim Brown and, and where he was before that conversation. And yeah. we see Sam Cooke at the Coco Cabana before that conversation. Yeah. And then yeah. the conversation is the bulk of the film it starts halfway through the first act and it goes all the way through to 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 the to the first half of the third act and then the final the finale of the film is how this one night in miami changed all four of them and yeah. that's and that, and that's what the film does extremely fantastically right and i think it's it touches on you know people can you know you could take this in many different kind of ways and again i think a lot of what you just said Heck, I could I can do this and go into a place and have something wrestling with me, and have my mind set on something and and move on with my life. Whether it be, um, you know, it, it could be anything. It doesn't have to be, you know, race related or or situation. What's going on in the economy at this current state of time? But like for example, I could be wrestling with say my job, right? And I am conflicted if I want to like move on, quit my job, stay, duke it out. Uh, Buy a house, whatever, and I can I can be churning this over within one whole night with like a few other people who ha- are conflicted with other things, and we all. But you're feed comparing to it. But the difference is you're comparing your experience to their experience, and you never can because you'll never be Jim Brown standing on Bro Bridges' porch and 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 being drawn in in the way that Bo Bridges draws you in, and you're like Bo Bridges isn't a racist. Look at it; he admires this guy that's sitting in front of him. And then he drops the N word on him and tells him, "You can't come in my house because you know we don't allow N words in my house." That was brilliant. And walks away. That and I was, was a great mic drop moment. Right and there. in the beginning of this in the film, beginning of the movie, yeah, I'm drawn in, yep. and I'm just like, yep. Yep. "It's not see, it's not so bad." Yeah, not everyone's a racist. And then and and then Bo Bridges drops it, and I was like, Ugh. "Fuck the white man, fuck Whitey, fuck I, them all." I, <laughs> I, so, I'm telling you. So I, later on, when Malcolm X is making ooh. the argument, of course I say I hate white men because I, I hate white men for what they represent and what that what it represents against me and my people. And I'm like, I get yeah. that. I get that. Because at the beginning of this film, I was drawn in yeah. Yeah. by Bo Bridges, and I thought that we were not getting that experience out of him. And then he gave it to Jim Brown, and I was like, I'll fuck it. Yeah. So like of course I of course in that position why would you not hate white people? Yeah. You, well, the you need you need stuff like that because there are so many gray areas of people who feel like that they are right. uh, supporters and, and, and that's what this movie not racist and things. And that's like that. what this movie starts out at. It starts out exactly. in, in this gray area where you're just it like pulls the rug out of from underneath. I understand Jim. Crow. And I apologize for my previous tangent, but like I was just kind of thinking about as far as how this can literally happen to people you can process I, things i with understand other individuals in your own mind i understand with situations but, that you're conflicted about and make yeah. a the decision within that one night i understand and move on about. with yes. your life going forward and that's essentially what they all did yeah for sure all, for own, sure uh, for sure respected paths in their lives you can but um we've had many life-changing conversations you're still in the same place after we've had those <laughs> conversations but me and you have had many late night conversations yeah but internally <laughs> i'm slowly getting there I- i'm slowly getting, getting to getting to you're terms just like a mule that needs a <laughs> kick in the ass every now and then <laughs> <laughs> i keep telling you you just you you, you, you just are. need you just need a woman to get you there <laughs> dude i'm actually starting to think that i'm like i think you do Especially this past year with no woman, pretty much. Where was I before Lauren? Mm. I was out getting drunk with you, going nowhere. I know. <laughs> but you were like, 
you needed a girl. Like some people like well, need to be like they're like relationship people. I was also I'm on a downward spiral. Well, yes, but I'm pretty comfortable and very used to being. You're single. very good at staying in the middle of like uh, of, of 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 I say like a I downward can float sp- back and forth. Your downward spiral only goes so low. That is true. My downward spiral goes all <laughs> the way down, and I drink your milkshake. And I drink it. <laughs> This is true. I spiral harder. I, as I know, <laughs> most of my close friends, I feel like, have the uh, the drain that doesn't end. Yeah. And I somehow just kind of flutter. You like, flutter. Hey, where are you going down there? It's like this weird- Come back up to my level. It's like this weird internal, like, yeah, I'm a shit stack, but I only go so low. And I, and I, you know what it is? I think it's because I'm just, I think it's fear. I think it's just fear. Just fear of going too is. far? I guess. I don't have that. Vanity. Maybe vanity. I stop- I stop at putting a needle in my arm. That's that that that, that, that that's where I stop. Oh, that's God, yeah. Well, so. watch Rec Room for a Dream. That's yeah, all it took for sure. Me. That's, that's all it took for me. Never hard. I drives. swear to God. But uh, let's let's get back to One <laughs> Night in Miami because essentially what this does is it it, it paints a tale through words. Um, yes. And it does it absolutely fantastically. And what I love is that the four different viewpoints coming together. You know, obviously. You know, Ali is is on Malcolm X's side and everything like that. But Jim Brown is he he's kind of like this middleman, right? He's half on Malcolm and, and Muhammad's side. Well, he's, he's half in Sam in, sure. in Sam Cook's side. Uh, but well, he's like, the most. I, I guess you could say who's lived the most life successfully. Right in the world and he's been through a ringer where he has a lot more but, experience but fingers get pointed and 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 falling outs happen and reconnections happen all in the of span course, of this one of conversation and it's and it's so good and i really you know want to give it up because i think the best performance of the film comes from kingsley ben adair who plays malcolm x and like previously, all this guy has really done was he was in the OA, High Fidelity, in Peaky Blinders. Like there, there are all these like small roles, yeah. right? He does show up in Love uh, with um, with Anna Kendrick, Love Life. He shows up, and he was previously in a film with her that was on Disney Plus, Noel. So like it's it's like these like these roles that he he's this minor role in. He's always playing like the love interest, like you know. The dishy, dark foreign guy and stuff like that, and then he, he, he's a good-looking guy, and right. I think he definitely does have some chops and some range. But he pops up here, he fucking blows me away. Yeah, and it's like what I've seen you in previously. I wasn't. This isn't what you were doing. Yeah, but you didn't see. You didn't see anything. A little bit. I, I saw. I kind of saw it. I saw most of the that stuff I've seen him new. in. Most of the stuff I've seen him in is romantic comedy related. You know. Yeah, I know, but but you could. It's hard to it's hard to explain. I mean, it's one of those things where like you can kind of see that they could potentially bring Honestly, other stuff. He could have been playing the the dishy dark foreigner in every movie, and I still would have been like, all right, I'm down because I'd fuck him, sure. Yeah, you know. But like, oh no, he shows up here as Malcolm X, and he fucking blows me away with his fucking performance. Yeah. He's my new cyborg. Fucking, Cast him. He fucking Ray Fisher's gone. Let's kills it. Bring him in. Nah, he's not bulky enough, man. You got to be big. You got to be big. Uh, but you know he he fucking blew me away with his performance, and I I'm not saying like he saved this movie for me, but he certainly I I think his performance takes this film to a different level. Yeah, I mean he's only sure. been acting for five years. You know he has nothing really coming out in the uh, 
you know, down the pipe right now. But it's 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 certainly one of those things where I think he's going to be give a it five actor. minutes. Give it five minutes. I because think he's going to be cast in, in many different things going forward, and I think he did a great job. In his his role agent's as well. phone is ringing off the hook after yeah. this just came out. Yeah, COVID just a little blip on the radar. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, and everyone else did, did did a great job. I mean, other other than other than him, I thought I thought that that the best performance was was coming from Aldous Hodge with with Sam Jim Brooke. Brown. Oh, Jim Brown. Yeah, yeah. No, he was very good. Yeah, he was very good too. Yeah. And and, and him, you know, he's he's again, he's he's like he's like this solid guy. as a rock. Yeah. But you, you can see the simmering of emotion underneath as well For behind sure. the eyes. I mean, that's what I liked. I mean, he, he he was in straight out of Compton. Um, he was in Hidden Figures, and I still love this. His first acting role ever is still number two on his IMDb. Uh, he played one. He played the oldest nephew of Samuel Jackson, Zeus, uh, in Die Hard with a Vengeance, Raymond, and it's still his number two role on IMDb. He's That's in it weird. for like five minutes and stuff, but uh, it's one of those things. Me and Lauren just rewatched uh, all of the Die Hards, and I was trying to explain to Lauren why Die Hard with a Vengeance is my favorite die hard even though i understand that die hard one is technically the best die hard die hard with a vengeance is still my favorite and it's because of that buddy cop dynamic it's because of that dynamic I, between I him and sam you. jackson i, I know and fucking it's love it. so good Which so is, good but anyway uh yeah i mean one night in miami i don't i it's it's hard to explain because i can't tell you that this movie is for everybody right because it's not for everybody you need to go into it with an open mind, for sure. You need to go into it understanding that this film does not have a resolution, right? Because it can't. Mm-hmm. Because it's 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 not like there, you know. At the end of this th- this discussion, these four black men go out there and they 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 fix the world for 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 black people, and it just starts getting better from there. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't. There's no resolution. It's just a discussion of four viewpoints on the same topic. You have to keep doing it. You you always will. You always yeah. have to. And it's important. It's important to keep it ingrained in your brain right. and, and start to you know open up the canvas of different opportunities. And it also should be said that what you and I are taking away from this movie is going to be completely different than what other people are taking away from this movie. No, of course, of course. Yeah, you know, we can watch it, we could say it's it's an acting tour de force. It was wonderfully directed, it was wonderfully written. Um we we could say that it made us think. We could say that it, that it took us it still doesn't mean that we can understand the experience that's coming behind the words in the scripts mm-hmm. or, 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 or behind the director's lens or anything like that. But I think movies like this do, you know, are elevated by, by its message in a way as well. When I, when I got away from it, I think the only thing I took away from it as a big real negative is in the middle, and, and this happens with all conversations, in the middle of this movie, we were talking circles, right? It, yeah. it, it, it we weren't progressing any yeah. type of story or anything like that so for 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 a nearly two hour long movie to kind of take place in this one location with these conversations i didn't feel like we were getting anywhere with our conversation i understand that that's kind of like a point of it as well but it also meanders right there in the middle for me and by the time i was at the end i was just kind of like okay like like here's here's where we all are and again like i said no resolution and i am a type of person who kind of likes a resolution and yeah i i i I don't need that usually and especially with this type of film i don't expect it to and i don't really want it to because i want to be stirring in it for a while after and i did and it was nice and it was one of those things where i agree 
with your complaint, uh, with it being a little bit more meandering and a little bit long, um, that was my main drawback. But I still give it an A minus. Uh, I'm at a B plus. Yeah, you know, I think I think it's absolutely a, a, a really fantastic film. But at the same time, I still think that you know beyond beyond the subject matter, beyond beyond the script and stuff like that. I, I don't know whether it needed to be shorter. I don't know whether it needed to. I, I, I just feel like I needed something more to chew on besides like I, I really feel like the, the rooftop scene is where like this whole thing comes to a head. Right. Mm. Um, and by the time we got back to back from that rooftop scene, we still got about another half hour, 45 minutes of movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand. And I, I, I really ultimately think it's just it's a time situation. I think sure. they just need to tighten the script up. Um, as good as the script is, in a lot of ways, it it just needed to be tighter and more. Just so the, the blows are a little bit more heavier, it keeps you a little bit more on the edge of your seat. You're you're glued in, you're sucked in a little bit more, a little bit longer throughout the whole runtime. Yeah, which makes a stronger film overall. And a little bit more boxing for me, please. <laughs> I'm just I, I understand it's not the point. I'm just yeah. checking. Uh but yeah, uh I, I, I do I did like that stuff. I do I do like the comments like he can't swim. What's he doing these training photos for? Why would only can't swim? <laughs> He's down there boxing underwater and stuff like that. I know. I thought that was brilliant because it that just was funny. it just shows the type of man that that that, that he was. That that, yeah. that didn't matter. The photo mattered. Right? The the what you know, the the, the idea. The idea how cool it would it. be, whatever it right. might be. Or the the idea of it mattered. Yeah. What that would symbolize, or whatever it may be, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was cool. For it sure. was a cool little film. It was so, a good surprise because I wasn't, I, I didn't really know. I've heard buzz about it. I heard it was strong, um, but again, it wasn't. We, you know, you don't know. It was out for a little while, and it was, it was like other people were able to see it in in the. In right, Hollywood in the wild, in the wild, <laughs> but it didn't come into streaming until last week. So it was one of those things. I watched like, oh, it okay. because I logged into Amazon Prime and I was looking for something to watch. It was the first thing, and no, it wasn't the first thing. It's like movies we think you'll enjoy. Oh, good. And then, and then underneath of that, it literally had each actor and like a different, like kind of like poster for them. But it was like. Uh, one night in Miami. One night in Miami. One night in Miami. Uh-huh. One night in Miami. And it was literally like if you went down to that line, it was all one night. No matter which of the of the five tiles you clicked on, you were getting one Interesting night in Miami. Interesting uh, marketing. There. Interesting marketing. Yeah. They, yeah. They, I was kind of like, wow, they're really pushing this. All right, I guess I better check it out because <laughs> Amazon Prime really wants me to check it out. And I was, you know, honestly, with do you the, think you need to be in like the headspace before you get into that? I think I know- with the past year that we've had, you've been trying to steer clear from stuff like this. I don't I a race related movie is not something that I was interested in watching. I'll right. be honest. With given the year we just had, given the fact of, of of what we just had go on at the Capitol and stuff like that. And I was like, I don't I don't want to be charged. It's, it's too much. I don't yeah. want to be charged up again because I will get angry and stuff like that. And then I watched yeah. it and then I was like, it's I'll it's not about me. I'm making it about me and it's really not about me at all. You know, it's it's not an experience that I can relate to, but I can watch this movie. But at least it keeps your awareness up. Right. And I, I, I can get a I can get a brief viewpoint into it for, sure. for, for two hours and stuff like that. It didn't open my eyes or anything like that, because I'd like to think that my eyes were already open. As do I. So but but I mean like when I, when I was watching it, I just I just felt myself engrossed, I think, with the with just with the characters themselves. And I think I think that, that that's what gives this film the longevity and I guarantee to you when Oscar buzz comes around 
I think we're going to see a few of a few people from this movie in the Oscar buzz for sure. Yeah, and I don't think for for, for uh, performances, no, 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 not for performances, but maybe some ensemble uh, nominations, perhaps, right. and and maybe some some technical awards or, or maybe something for first time filmmaker for Regina King stuff, Origi- stuff original like screenplay original screenplay things Possibly. like that things like that yeah so yeah. that's gonna do it for Super Movie Bros this week I wanna thank all of you for listening if there's anything yes. we talked about on this episode that you would like to discuss with us further please Reach out to us on social media. You can catch me on Twitter at SuperMoviePod. I am on Facebook, SuperMovie Bros Podcast, Instagram, SuperMovie Bros, and on Twitter, J underscore SMB. And before I peace out, I uh, just want to shout out to Dave and Lauren. Congratulations and best of luck with the pregnancy and the birth of Grayson. I'm very excited for may you. Your, may your first child be a masculine child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's my second child. It's my wife's first child, though. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then of thank you, Jay. And then of of course, if you're enjoying the show, if this is the second or third, fourth, fifth episode of Super Movie Bros that you've listened to, consider leaving us a review on iTunes. You're obviously enjoying the show. We need your reviews. We need your support. That's the yes, only way please. that we can grow. That's the only way that we can be seen. So if you don't want to join the Patreon. You don't want more Super Movie Bros, but you want to continue getting the same great content every week. I said that we're great. I'm not so sure that we're great, but if you're enjoying it and you want more of it, let us know that you want more of it and leave us one of those reviews on iTunes. We will read it on the show just like we did last week. And of course, if you're really enjoying Super Movie Bros, you want more Super Movie Bros content. The only way to get it, the only way to get that pre-roll audio mm. The only way to get exclusive top fives. X-rated, by the way. Like Nicolas Cage losing his shit. Then you're going to have to check us out on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Podcast. There, for just $1 a month, you can get all the additional content that we put up over there. Of course, we are part of a network. We are part of the Age of Radio podcasting network, so make sure you head over to ageofradio.org. There, you can find Super Movie Bros episodes, as well as episodes for all the other great podcasts that are part of the Age of Radio podcasting network. I want to thank all of you for listening. Have a great one. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.